Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That hymn we just sang, I believe, right, Susie? That's a new one. Yeah. You probably didn't know it, but we're going to get to know it. That's a great hymn, especially in today's context of what we hear in our gospel reading. Sundays from now on until Advent, basically, are what we call the ordinary time of the church year. And as we know, ordinary things don't seem all that impressive, just like an ordinary life. But there's nothing ordinary about today's gospel reading, is there? Jesus steps out on a boat only to deal with a man possessed by demons. Now the disciples were already, you must know this, they were with Jesus in the boat and they were already had a certain amount of fear and amazement over Jesus because he had calmed a storm on the Sea of Galilee. Remember that story? That's, that's what's happening. And they were asking this big question when they were coming off that boat, who then is this that he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him? Well, we know what happens in the story. Creation gave its witness or its good confession because everything became calm in an instant. But the demonic, the man possessed by devils, well, he would not be a silent person. What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God, I beg you, do not torment me. Having celebrated Holy Trinity last week, we now, this Sunday, turn to face the unholy, and detestable things that still, yes, linger in a sinful world. Of course, the 20th century that we just left, many of you grew up in, I was born in, some not born in that time, but the 20th century, while in some ways was positive to God, you must know, was less friendly to talk of demons and unexplainable evils. Man's reason was the master, or so it seemed. But the 21st century that we're all in now, regardless of what, what age group you're in, the 22, and we've turned a corner. Consider how the TV show, it doesn't matter if you watch it or not, it doesn't matter at all. Consider the TV show called Supernatural. It's a sci-fi thing. It ran 15 seasons until 2019. Or how the Netflix series shockingly called Lucifer, I wonder what that's referring to, but Lucifer is now on its sixth season. While Christian books, too, have moved and shifted in their category from theology to more now about self-help. Books on religion and spirituality, just go look at them. They have expanded vastly, not just to other religions, but yes, to the occult. 
and even the paranormal. 21st century handling of the spiritual is mass consumption. If you don't do it, I can guarantee you your kids do and your grandkids. Mass consumption of the spiritual. But man is not the master of these things either. Only when attention turns to Jesus Christ do the powers of darkness fail. And life changes, truly, to be a refuge in him. And so the presence of Christ, as we see, takes hold of fearful things of life to let us rest in him. And so what sounds extremes about uh, a demonic man shows us how God, in his Son, has reached out to the Gentiles, doomed to destruction, death, and damnation. That's what today's text is getting to. This man lived well outside of Israel, which meant it was an unclean place, and in, in that unclean place with many bad things invited many idols. His pitiful condition was hard to miss. I mean, had no clothes, out of his mind, shackled, left alone among the tombs to be kept at a distance. For all we know, he could have had a family, couldn't he? But there was no celebrating Father's Day for him. The situation was out of his hands and certainly not what the people of the city could manage. Jesus exposed the captivity to be a legion of demons, and that's a Roman word for military, and it could be up to 6,000 servants of Satan that had taken hold of one man. That would drive anybody batty. And so, as dramatic as demon possession can be, or the physics shows us the grave situation that sinners are in without Christ. You see, we've been in a Western world that in many ways has been sheltered whether in Europe or even in our American society. But what we see here is about how what turns out is a certain kind of helplessness and misery, leaving guilt, rage, much deception, and all kinds of darkness that we notice even our society cannot manage anymore. The cat's out of the bag. Pandora's box has been opened. I don't know if we can put it back in. That's only about the grace of God. St. Paul explains the condition pretty well. Titus chapter 3. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice, which is evil, and envy, hated by others and hating one another. The law and works are insufficient to save or change the situation. You know why? You heard today's Galatian reading. The law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. 
Because the law was just not going to do it to save sinners. And so without Christ, it is less about temptation and more about captivity to rebel against God with many idols and consume the darkness worked by demons. And yet the presence of Christ, as we know, at any time, in a situation, when his presence is there, good things happen, and he takes hold of this fearful life to let us rest in him. His word reached out to the demonic man and made the army of demons cry out, and it changed everything. A calm greater than a storm came with the man. So you've been impressed by Jesus calming creation? A man, an image of God that was twisted by Satan now was calmed by Christ. And here he was, clothed in his right mind and at Jesus' feet. Life is fearful. It's more than men can manage or what you'll ever imagine it to be. If you're not there that yet, you do not understand the gospel and why God sent his son. This is why Christ died in our place. His sacrifice was a madness of love, wasn't it? To bear our nakedness before God. Shackling himself to the cross for our, in, for our sinful insanity. Well, there I go, right? That's what he did. He shackled himself for our insanity and fulfill the law's demands that we can't get much out of it, no matter how much we try. He fulfilled it in order to release us from sin, death, and the devil. Take up your cross and follow me. His tomb turned into a lonely place of emptiness for neither men or the demonic darkness could keep Christ from rising from the dead. Just think about that. The whole concept of cemeteries changed because of Jesus. You're not stepping in a bunch of ghosts and ghouls and zombies and all this weird, scary things that, yes, people, especially young people, are all caught up in that stuff. Christians, Christians even put cemeteries next to churches because of Christ. And his tomb is empty, conquering all the darkness, and the of God, as it rests in Christ, are to have the confidence that where Christ is, rest in Him then. And so today, He speaks you forgiven and does restore your life to God. It's more than a second chance. It's a whole new kind of creation that has come in Jesus 
was taking hold of us. Guilt, shame, fears, and deceptions do not define your life. Oh, they're over and they're all around, but they don't define your life. For his word is a power and authority that does not abandon any of us to the darkness. And so by baptism, we are clothed in Christ's righteousness. That's won by the cross, but it's poured out, isn't it? Upon our life by water and the word. So I don't know if any pastor has ever said to you, but when you have a baptism, we've had a couple since I've been here. Not enough. But when you have a baptism, that is a small exorcism. That is a casting out of the darkness that takes hold of us as sinners and brings Christ. It also means that we're put in our right mind. And while we can sit at Jesus' feet, that's why, no, I'm sorry. If you're here for a baptism of someone in this church, whether my time or in the past, you're all witnesses, just like to a marriage. And you all have a grave responsibility to say, you're out of your mind not to keep them hearing God's word and receiving his gifts and growing in the faith because Satan will take hold of them. To be put in our right mind is to sit at Jesus' feet, to learn and keep receiving the depth of his divine service. The church gathers to rest in Christ. And so we said today, be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. That isn't just coming in your mind. I'm coming to God today. That's nice and not for, good for your daily life. It's to come to God as a refuge for his people, his body. And Jesus, of course, against the fearful rejections by men, he still turns attention to the power of his word. The gospel set one man free today, didn't it? One man. But the rest in that region became captive to their fears. Whether it was the herdsmen fleeing to town, they weren't going in the manger, the sight of dead pigs on the scene of a great miracle, but there was an awful lot of dead sitting around. An uncontrollable man found to be in the good soil of God's faithful word was fruitful to be sitting at Jesus' feet. Removal of such unholiness and evil made the false gods of these Gentiles seem very small before God's Son. And they said, you got to leave. And so he did. Jesus is not going to force it on anybody. The good news he brings, the presence he brings to us today. But he did not leave them to their demonic darkness. The healed man, as a disciple of Christ, naturally wanted to follow him, right? That's what disciples of Jesus do. And Jesus told him no. And for good reason. God's love is greater than fears. He said, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. Jesus left a gift on this side of Galilee because God's grace was for the Gentiles. And the city would likely look on the man in fear and maybe with some accusation. 
Who do you think you are? But this pro his proclamation wouldn't rest on himself. It would be mindful of Christ and what he did for him. Return home. What you receive from Jesus goes as a gift to share before your ordinary life. A right mind by the gospel is forgiveness. Not about having life together so perfectly, because you don't, neither do I. The law still comes, especially to make its judgments upon us, so returning to Christ is our daily refuge. Before the spiritual consumption of today, we pray against the darkness, asking our Heavenly Father, lead us not into temptation. You are not like others. Others are just taken captive. We pray we may not be for the love of Christ given to us today. Despite the rejection, Jesus leaves room for his saving love to go out as a proclamation greater than the fears. Is there fears today? The answer is yes. There's always been fears, but to a level of which people are running after spiritual things, and it's not you, I can guarantee you there's plenty around you. And so return home. The demonic story by St. Luke might seem out of step for our day. It might make your eyes glaze over to say, this is just foolish. It did in the 20th century. I never hear much pastors preach about it, or as what I can remember. And yet, here's the thing, everybody. Man's reason was never going to be a good replacement for God and his word. And now a consuming appetite exists today over the spiritual. But this will be no safe haven for sinners. Only when attention turns to Jesus Christ, the powers of darkness fail. And the best thing, life changes to be a refuge in him. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding be with your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.